Hello, hello, everyone. Welcome to another edition of It's Everything with me, your hostess, B.B. Sweetbriar. It's here where we promise to bring you everything, every time, for everybody. And, of course, as we get into our holiday spirit, can you believe that Christmas is actually next week? And I have done absolutely no shopping. None. Not even online. Not even, you know, I've been gallivanting across the world. I just got back from Panama and um, I didn't buy a thing for the holidays. It's kind of terrible. So I think I'm going to be busy for the last week um, before uh, the Christmas celebration and, you know, time with the family and all that good stuff. So I'll be busy next week and hopefully you will be too. And there's a lot of things to be busy for. And, and we've got a guest that is particularly of interest for next week that um, will be in on the second half of our show. Um, and I think it's it's very uh, pertinent to now because the thing that she will be on is about New Year's, too. And I'm talking about Chef Charlene from Oakland, California. She is the um, the chef of, and I, I always don't know if I pronounce this right because of the Filipino origin, but I think it's Kai Bigan is the name of the restaurant, but we're going to verify that when she's on the show. But she will be a contestant on uh, Food Network's Chopped next week. So on December 20th, that will be on the air. But we're going to talk all about that in the second half of the show when she is on the air. But right now, what I uh, what I want to get into and introduce you to is I know you guys have heard of this wonderful show that's been going around town for the last couple of years, playing at a, a little small venue called Oasis that you may have heard of in San Francisco. But it's a show called, it's, a, it's an all-male, all all gayish <laughs> review, and it's called Baloney. And I have seen—I don't think I've seen all nine of their shows, but I definitely have seen eight of the nine. And um, well, guess what they're doing towards the end of the year? They're doing the best of Baloney, and I—I've got to go, and you've got to go, and I just needed to talk about it, and so I invited. Uh, the co-creator and director of the show, Mr. Michael Phyllis, and he's here. Hi, Michael. Hi, BB. Thank you so much for having me. Baloney. Baloney. Two years. Yeah, I can't believe it. Our ninth show in two years. Uh, two years. I just, I, to me, it, it seems like it's flown by, and I don't know why that is. Maybe it's because I think a lot of it's because we anticipate it. Like when once it's over, I think we're always ready for the next one. Mm-hmm. You know, like when is it going to happen, and what changes are you going to make? And um, but I wanted to kind of go into why this even started with you guys. Like, where, what were you doing when you and your your real life partner Rory Davis was were sitting around the house? And, you know, and Rory, by the way, for those who don't know, is, is a, uh, uh, a very uh, renowned um, uh, choreographer and director in his own right um, here in the city and beyond. And um, what were you guys thinking? Like, why do you think, oh, we need to have this gay male review? <laughs> um, well, it started because o- o- Oasis had just opened mm-hmm. um, it, on New Year's Day of, uh, of 2015. And so... Um, my partner Rory and I were, were thinking, well, they need content, right? They've got this, they're open now seven nights a week. And so what can we bring to the table and pitch to them as a, as a show idea? Mm-hmm. 
And so I kind of jokingly at first just said to, to Rory, well, let's combine two things that we love, performance and porn, and just see how that works out. So our first show was taking vintage porn scenarios and put, setting them to unexpected music and, and uh, injecting comedy and um, and some thought-provoking content into these scenarios that you might recognize in these characters, these stock characters from porn. And it ended up being this totally successful, really popular evening. And we just named it Baloney because we thought it was nonsense and it was just a joke title. And then it just, everything just kind of stuck. It yeah. was very interesting to see how the audience response was so, um, it was just so generous. People seemed to love the idea. So we just kept going from there and just um, kept growing the show, both in the, the content and the people involved and the audiences have yeah. just kept going. Well, and and for those who haven't um, seen the show, and when you think of male reviews, you know, I think a lot of people think you're definitely, um, you know, Chippendales and um, the Aussie show, you know, the guys from Down Under or mm -hmm. whatever it is. Um, and this is not that. Right. So um, this is not that. And it's 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 a whole lot more than that, yeah. um, because I think and 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 it may have been in jest originally for you guys to kind of kind of parody that a little bit, mm -hmm. but it really has made a statement because you one of your taglines that you use in all of your advertisement is that um, um, that it is what a, 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 a part theater, part dance, part peep show, an all male. Yeah. And all of that is combined into that. And, and more of the theatrics, I think, is the biggest part of it. You know what I mean? Like everyone takes on a character, unlike those other shows that I just mentioned, where it is all about the sex appeal right. and um, the presence of skin. You kind of use the tease more than the actual... I mean, there is some of that, but yeah. I mean, but it's a lot of that whole anticipation of and the uncomfortableness that we personally always feel when we're encountering those types of physical physical encounters. It's, it, it, it's, it can't be very uncomfortable, yeah. personally speaking. And we see that on stage with mm -hmm. your characters. Um, so address that because as the show has progressed, that's become more prominent in the show and a more focus of the show yeah well i've always been really um into the story of of sex you know mm -hmm. in a way like the erotica appeals to me um the build-up to the act appeals to me um so i've always kind of enjoyed all of that anticipation of the act and that's basically what this show is it's a lot of leading you up to the big reveal or the big act um, using theater and dance and stripping. Mm -hmm. um, it's probably closer related to burlesque in a way than it is to some of the other all-male reviews mm -hmm. where you're just kind of getting man candy set to really expected songs. Mm -hmm. You get that in our show, but um, but it's also done with story and with substance and with relationships on stage um, that you see develop. And one thing that was really important to us that you don't get in some of those other all-male reviews is that we wanted to reflect gay sexuality mm -hmm. on stage in particular. So you can go to Chippendales and Thunder from Down Under, and though you might be seeing gay dancers, mm -hmm. they're not interacting in a gay way. It's right. very heteronormative, 
strip show. So right. with us, we wanted to do to be the all male review for the rest of us, for people that are gay or that are into seeing that on stage. And we at first thought maybe it's just for a gay male audience, but now it's grown so much bigger than that that we have people of all different orientations and gender identities who are loving that they're seeing this this gay uh, this male review that's for the rest of us. Well, and I but I'll t- I think I know why that is. I think I know why it is is because people are watching normal people um, on stage. You have, you know, um, people of all sizes, all physical looks, and you don't feel intimidated. I, you know, we go and see Chip and we go and see those other shows on other, even female shows that are, you go and see that if you were a female and see that you go there for those shows, I think for the fantasy of what, I wish I could be, mm. or I wish I looked like that. I wish I could experience everybody, you know, um, drooling over me. Mm. But in your show, being who I am, I can see that. Mm-hmm. I can see somebody like my body type on the stage and everybody lusting after them. Yeah. Because that does happen in real life. Those things are real. But you don't see those in those fantasy shows. Mm-hmm. This isn't a fantasy show. This is more... The stories that you use for your, uh, ven- you know, your little vignettes and your little scenarios are things that people have actually experienced. Um, um, like you have people right now because you've done it for a couple of years now. We're going to the second, going in, running into the third year, I guess. Yeah, really, right? Yeah. Um, is that people now go onto your site and send you real life stories? Mm-hmm. Of, this is something that happened to me, and I think it's kind of kind of quirky and fun and cute that you then incorporate into a, 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 a scenario, a show thingy. Yeah. So, so they are real. These yeah. are real things. It has been. And it's so great that people, our audience has almost taken ownership of the experience and, and helping to create it now. And we love that. I love that you can come to the show and see your body type and your sexuality reflected on stage. And that that is an experience that a lot of our audience members have. Body diversity was really important to us from the beginning and gender diversity, even though we say the show is all male, you know, there's always at least one woman in the show Mm -hmm. and the women get to do great things that we love our baloney babes, as we call Mm -hmm. them. They get to play men and women and um, and really explore a, a woman's role in a gay all male review has been an interesting journey to take. But we, at the beginning of this year, decided, well, if we're presenting these sort of fantasy scenarios on stage, why don't we open it up to our audience and see what they bring to us? Because it seemed like after every show that we did, people would come up to us and say, oh, you got to do a doctor number. Oh, you got to do a priest number. And we realized that's their fantasy that they want to see. That's what turns them on. And so we started taking some of those suggestions. Then we thought, well, let's formalize this and make a submit a fantasy opportunity on our website. And it's been it's blown me away to read some of these detailed scenarios that normal people, everyday people can submit with as much anonymity as they like. Mm -hmm. Sometimes we have no idea who it's from. Sometimes we know exactly who it's from. And it's been very cool to see what comes through. And we've incorporated at least one of those into every show. Yeah, And I like that, too. And I I love how you actually make, um, you know, it. you make that announcement. We know which which one it is. Mm-hmm. We know that it was a submission, and it, sometimes, I mean, a lot of times, it's it's one of the better ones. Yeah. Which which I think is kind of interesting because you being a creator, 
uh, both of you being creators and then taking a piece of someone else's idea mm -hmm. and having to incorporate, you know, well, we got to make a baloney. We yeah. got to make a baloney. Yeah. No matter what it is, it's got to be baloney. And and working with that, and that, I, to me, just, just says how much you guys are so into this. And plus... You know, you can only come up with so much here on your own. That's right. Let's be, let's be real. <laughs> I think doing that kind of keeps it, there's always going to be something totally fresh because exactly. you've got this piece that has nothing to do with either one of you. Yeah. And um, and I think that's what kind of keeps us coming back more and more totally. because um, each one hasn't always been ex completely new. You kind of have always had, you know, a couple of the old ones, but you do try and change the majority of the show, I think, yeah. to um, give us repeaters, That's right. something new to look at. That's right. And this show at the end of the year is basically our best of show. So we're taking a lot of repeated audience favorites from the past two years, but we're doing them in new ways with, with new casting, with, um, with some different perspectives. So this time we really are making a show that is now that we've done two years and almost 60 baloney numbers in the course wow. of that two years now we can actually look back at our catalog and take the, the, best, the, of best, the best of the best yeah. along with some new stuff that has never been seen before so this show will really be a celebration of everything we've seen well i'm let's go take we're going to take a quick break and then when we come back i want to talk about how you kind of went through that selection process of what is considered the best of the best Great. we'll be right back with the co-creator and director of baloney all gay all male review show uh, michael phyllis will be right back with us Babe, I think we're ready. We're really doing this. Yeah, I'm ready for our family. So where do we start? <laughs> Starting a family is a team effort, and when life needs a little encouragement, Pacific Fertility Center will be right by your side as a unified team of the best fertility specialists guided by the highest ethical standards Pacific Fertility Center provides patients with compassionate fertility care. Visit PacificFertilityCenter.com. When asked, 90% of seniors say they want to remain in their own homes as they age. Hello, I'm Charles Symes, owner of Allegra Home Care. Our caregivers have been serving seniors and the aging community for over 20 years. Allegra Home Care is the only Bay Area home care agency that is LGTB certified. Helping LGTB seniors stay at home is our passion. Please visit us at www.ale. G-R-E-C-A-R-E dot -E com. Allegra Home Care, serving your community. Hello, 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 hello. Welcome back, everyone. I'm so glad that you stay with us. Um, and you stay with us because I always have interesting people on the show, such as our current guest, co-creator and director of, I think it's going to become the world-renowned show very soon, and we'll talk about that, uh, Baloney, the all-gay, all-male review show that has been playing at Oasis 
over the last two years, and they're about to embark on their best of baloney show. Um, what is it? Uh, December twenty eighth through yeah, through the thirty first. Okay. Yeah, seven p.m. shows at Oasis for four nights in a row. Okay, and um, if you haven't been to Oasis, it's really a great venue because it's set up for exactly what you guys do. You know, the it's it just it, it's a perfect fit. And you had said earlier in the first um, uh, segment of the show that um, you know Oasis open and you kind of thought of putting a show together that would fit it and, and it does and that's is a perfect fit use venue i know what's it, what's there so let's do a show that will fit there so that's re- really really perfect yeah. now this one that's coming up is the best of and you just mentioned um you have about 60 you know yeah. different scenes or scenarios uh, to choose from what process should you use to say this is the is it your best the audience best a guest best what what is <laughs> it's a little bit of everything you know because be, because baloney has been so collaborative from day 1 we didn't want to make that decision on our own as the as the show producers we really wanted to reach out to our cast and see what what did they think was the best of baloney over 2 years and to our audience as well so we did a, a bunch of polls um, online and and in person with our with our closest folks and we just asked them like what do you want to see in the best of baloney what was your favorite number and that was really illuminating um, and I'm happy to say that we were able to take most of those suggestions and incorporate them into the show in some way which was really exciting so wow. um, and it gives people that o- that sense of ownership you mm-hmm. know we tend to having done the show now nine times and have built this repertoire we tend to think that like people have seen these things a few times and maybe they're they're over it but it's kind of cool that like well they may have seen it but it might have been in April of 2015 you know yeah. we haven't done it since then so. and your cast has changed too yeah. I mean you've had it's much larger than it was when it first started oh, yeah. and and some people have left and so you you've got people replacing other roles because you've yeah. done some of the other ones in and and some of the other shows and I've and it does, even though it's the same little you know vignette and the same little part because there's a new cast member it's different exactly and we experience it different as well so for those of you out there who have seen baloney i don't care how many times you see the same one to me it's always a difference almost like the first time the one thing that i you know love about the show too is it's not you you and rory are so professional you guys are and i don't mean that in in a staunchy way i mean that in you your work is a game work it's not it's not something i i was just watching a show in the lobby here at the studio um before coming on and it was a judge was talking to um a defendant in this case on one of the shows and you know we're here at coffee tv and um and the 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 lady was talking about the lady claimed to be a, a model yet she kept saying that she you know, was doing something as if she wanted to pursue a dream. And he said, well, if you were a model, you would actually be living the dream, (laughs) not pursuing it. He says, it sounds like to me like you're trying to be a model. And that's the difference between, I think, some people who are like trying to be um, playwrights or trying to be screenwright. You guys are choreographers. You are directors. You are a screenwriter. And the work shows that, okay? It's not an attempt to. It is you are doing it. And, um, And so I love watching that we're getting that type of a quality of a show 
here in San Francisco at a community-based theater base, because that's really what Oasis is. It's a theater that happens to serve alcohol. (laughs) And uh, (laughs) Bless them. Yeah, bless them. Thank God for that. Um, And I love that. And and you out there don't know, I've known you forever. Yeah. I've known you when you were a coat check boy at Badlands. (laughs) And you, you know, have always been this, this funny you know, handsome guy, and to see you do all that, because you just don't do this. You've done, and you've been doing so much acting yeah. along with creating your own stuff. It's like, well, when do you find time? <laughs> you know, and you're talking, oh, yeah, we're in rehearsals. And like, when do you find time for any of this? <laughs> and to carry on a relationship. I, I don't get it. You know? <laughs> it's part of why we work together yeah. so we can actually see each other. <laughs> right, exactly, right? <laughs> well, it's true. I mean, like, I, and I love that we have this history going back. So you've seen from a humble beginning. Oh, some, you knew me before now. drag. I know before BB. Yeah. <laughs> B B B B. Yeah. That's crazy to me. I love it. But that's I feel like especially this last year, I have been living the dream and I'm mm-hmm. very fortunate and Rory as well to be able to to make our living uh in an artistic way. And we hustle, you know, as we mm-hmm. do. Like you have to do a lot of different jobs if you're gonna do that, especially in this city. And we do. We work our butts off, but it's starting to pay off as we see this. Our, our Baloney Baby mm-hmm. has been so successful. And then all the other shows, movies, um, uh, partnerships that we have have just been, this has been a good year to be a, an underground gay drag mm-hmm. <laughs> queer artist in the city. Mm-hmm. Um, and I feel like as uncertain futures unfold, we need this kind of entertainment more than ever. We need just um, strong, powerful voices in the queer community, no matter what our medium is, whether it's a gay strip show or a you know, hard-hitting dramatic play, whatever it is, I think that we need to be communing and we need to be with our people and we need to raise our voices. So I'm committed to keep going with well, that. Well, I've said this ever since the, um, the election, um, you know, in our, our um, president-elect, Donald Trump, and what we... We really don't know what the, you know, we, we, we have such confusion on what to kind of expect and we're trying to prepare for mm-hmm. that. But one thing I can tell you is going to happen and we are going to have an artistic renaissance. That's for sure. Um, for sure. Yeah. Um, th- this is not, this is going to be a period of time over the next four years, no different than after the war, not, no, no different than after, um, you know, other very um, stressful, um, liberty-taking, you know, um, um, experiences in our history where we have to have outlets and we have to have things that make us happy, but we also have to have outlets that show reality, too, in a way that we can all swallow it. Because sometimes our own reality we can't swallow, but when we can see it put through somebody else on stage or in a song or whatever, it really, we were able to take it in. Do yeah. you know what I mean? Oh, yeah. And I think we're going to see a lot of that. And I think you're, because I, I know you guys are talking about, you know, taking baloney on the road, so mm-hmm. to speak, in some form, fashion. And I think that's going to be a wonderful thing, as you said, all your queerness out there yeah. across the nation yeah. or be, even beyond. This is a good time to do that. I believe that. I, and uh, from the beginning of Baloney, when we would have folks come from other cities and see it and then talk to us afterward, they would always recommend that we come to wherever their city is, from L.A. to Baltimore to 
you know, to overseas. And it's something that we've been interested in. And as we've built this past two years of shows, we've had our eye on expanding beyond San Francisco. It's, this is our home. This is, we'll always be performers here and we'll always live here. But I'm interested to see how Baloney and this very gay, very singularly San Francisco show could play in other cities. Um, so in 2017, that is one of our goals is to expand beyond the Bay Area and to present Baloney in some fashion outside of our yeah. beautiful queer bubble that we're in. So, this would give me an opportunity to go visit some other city on vacation, yes, but I'm exactly. really going for baloney yes. experience somewhere <laughs> it's <a business> else. Trip. <laughs> um, but again, let's not forget what, what we're really, you have the best of baloney, yeah. uh, December 28th um, through December 31st. That's right. A 7 p.m. shows at Oasis, and you can get tickets at sfoasis.com forward slash baloney, and that's B A L O N E. Why? Um, we're actually going to, I think we're going to say goodbye to you. Is that okay? Thank you Can so I much for having me. Of course. Anna. Okay. Thank you. And um, that is Michael Phyllis. He is the co-creator, director of Baloney. And it's just been a joy to see the show. The ninth production. You guys have got to go see it. Uh, we're going to take another quick break. And we're going to say goodbye to Phyllis. And then I'm going to get Miss Chef Sh uh, Charlene on the line. And we're going to talk about Chopped. And so take care, everybody. We'll be back in just a moment. You don't give up your fashion choices just because you're gay. With baggy pants and baseball caps and shirts in disarray. There's something in between a bimbo toy on a playboy and dressing up just like a 12-year-old boy. Then gay men with shaved bodies and their moisturizers came Bedecked in youthful shirts that bear the Abercrombie name They hit the gym in butch attire to banish all the shame That they felt deep down when they were twelve-year-old boys With too much poise So now they want to look like twelve-year-old boys I do not look like that, you think it isn't right, you say But if it isn't true on you, your partner looks that way Since men and women share one thing in common when they're gay We all seem to look like 12-year-old boys Or we use ploys to attract the folks that look like 12-year-old boys I'm Heclina. I've been doing drag here in San Francisco for almost 20 years, and uh, over the past couple of months, I just opened up my club, Oasis. It's been going really well. People really seem to appreciate the space. It's something people say San Francisco really needs right now, because the city has been changing a lot. I always had this attitude of, of opening a space that was kind of like for everybody, and that's just kind of the attitude and the, the uh, the ethics of Oasis is it's kind of a space for everybody. How does it feel to be a business owner? I don't know, you know, it's funny because I still need, to, I still have to kind of pinch myself to believe it's actually true, you know what I mean? Like I walk in there and, and I go up to the bar and I go, oh, can I please have a glass of water? You know, it's kind of like, I forget that it's my place. Running gay clubs, it's changed a lot. Um, I think that gay people now, they're everywhere. They don't feel like they have to maybe be 
in a gay bar all the time, so you have to be much more creative about how you are enticing people to come out to your club. I, I guess I'm successful because I'll just say it, I work really hard at what I do. I also like to provide a really quality experience for people. So yes, you know, people will pay to see my shows and pay to come to my club, but I always like to give them something that's worth it. The experience that they'll, they'll leave my shows going, okay, that was worth it, you know what I mean? This has always been my attitude, um, just to entertain people. And so it seems like that works, you know. I would say to young kids, you know, just kind of form your own identity. And, uh, and you know, don't let others dictate how you should behave or think. Uh, you can always go to uh, sfoasis.com to find out about all the entertainment and nightlife that we have going on at Oasis. If you want to see drag, we've got that for you. If you want to see some queer hip-hop parties or queer dance parties, we have that for you. Spotlight on success and achievement. Brought to you by Wells Fargo. Together, we'll go far. Well, hello, hello, hello. We are back once again. Didn't we have a good time earlier with Michael Phyllis, co-creator and director of Baloney, the all-gay, all-male review, in its ninth show over the last two years that they're going to be presenting uh, the best of Baloney at Oasis this December 28th through December 31st. Again, you can get tickets at sfoasis.com forward slash baloney. That's B-A-L-O-N-E-Y. So definitely want to check out the show. It's the best of It's going to be hilarious and fun and sexy and all of the good stuff there. But now we're going to get into something that I also think is fun and sexy, and that's food. I, I, I find, I don't know about you guys out there, but I find food extremely sexy and extremely um, fun and, you know, to enjoy and whatnot. And I think that's why things like the Food Networks are so, so um, popular is because that is kind of a, a way for us to kind of get that out of our system by watching people prepare food and tasting it and getting that all under their tongue and all that good stuff. And so... We have something really great today because we have not only one of our own Bay Area celebrity chefs, but someone who's also going to be on Food Network coming up next week. We're going to talk all about it um, when we bring on right now Chef Charlene. Charlene, are you on the on the line there? I'm here. How I'm are you, lady? How are you doing? I'm good. That's good. And I know I'm interrupting some type of preparation going on as some way, either for menu prep for your restaurant or <laughs> something that you probably have going on. Because you're like you're involved with so much stuff community wise when it comes to uh, being, you know, a featured chef on different things that I don't know when you have time to even talk to people. <laughs> <laughs> That's been crazy. You know. <laughs> now, you know, I, I have, you know, people know of your restaurant in um, in Oakland, and it's a Philippine um, cuisine restaurant, but you need to help me pronounce it. Is it Cayenne Bigan? Yeah, you're really close. It's, it's Cayenne Bigan. Cayenne Bigan. Oh, I like that. I like it. And I love Filipino food, honey. So, you know, as long as you make some good adobo, I'm ready to go. Um, okay. And I know you make a <laughs> lot more than that. But I think it's just really neat to know kind of your history as being a chef because 
I mean, you you kind of have a, a love for food that brought you into being, um, I guess, a presenter. I guess what I the artistic part of uh, the presentation and making of being a chef is kind of that way. Other other than people who kind of go into the um, what do you call it, the curriculum of being a chef, yeah. and then they kind of develop a different type of love for it. I probably would guess that you kind of had the love, and then the rest came followed I, I i'm assuming based on what i'm reading in your history yeah um that's kind of how it went um, i'm pretty much self-taught mm-hmm. um in my family you know we I, I pretty much grew up with a strong background from far back as my grandmother to my mother and to my sister like we were all in the you know into cooking and you know more traditional in in as far as family cooking mm-hmm. and from there it it didn't develop until probably more so like more of my teenage years, you know, mm-hmm. when after high school you you go to your friend's house and it's like you want to whip something up. And I was that person where they would just, <laughs> you know, be like, raid the fridge, take us all something after school, you know, and, and I was that person. And then more so like after college, um, I developed more of a passion Um with cooking, mm-hmm. I I was in the IT realm and and I would constantly get laid off. And then after, like uh, during the times of me getting laid off, my hobby was cooking. Mm-hmm. You know, my friends were promoters in different clubs in the LGBT community, and they would always ask me, "What do you want to do? What well, you know? How what what role do you want to play in 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 this event?" And I always brought up food. I was like, "Well, can I cook something for everybody?" <laughs> Well, and the thing about it, when when I think of, you know, uh, Philippine, the food from the Philippines, and yeah. which is to me, you know, because I used to be, a, I used to live in Alameda, and there used to be a restaurant, I don't even know the name of it, on the, yeah, on, um, on Web, I think it was on Webster, it was on the main drag that I used to go to, my, and my first roommate when I moved to the, from the, um, moved to the Bay Area, was from the Philippines, and we lived around the corner from his grandmother and right. in our apartment, and we used to go over there. We didn't cook, but we would go over there every day and eat. Uh-huh. And um, and the food, to me, reminded me, as, as far as how it's cooked and the spices and all of that kind of thing, of soul food, of traditional black family soul food. You know, it's like, oh, uh, yes. it would come up and I go, oh, well, we call that this. Or you'd be, oh, this is called this. I'm like, well, we call that this, you know. And so I just took to it like, you know, nobody's business. I, <laughs> yeah. I was eating it like, you know. No, I enjoyed going to his grandma's house every day. Let's just put it that way. And so, oh, nice. you know, talking about what you were saying about how you kind of got into it, what what a, a cuisine to get into to experiment with spices and mm-hmm. putting together kind of like unlikely, because that's what to me like a lot of soul food is is the bringing together unlikely pairings of food you know like other people wouldn't think about oh that would go with that and yeah. but we were so used you know in the south and in our community growing up with not be having the ability to eat normal butcher butch cut food uh yeah. meat and everything and not having the the availability to normal vegetables that we would just put together this kind of stuff and make it work. And I think that kind of seems like the same kind of story that's behind the Philippine cuisine a little bit. Mm-hmm. Well, there's definitely a lot of soul in Filipino home cooking. Mm-hmm. And um, I tend to, you know, like that's part of my roots. Um, what I like to do is 
I like to use a different um, ingredients that, you know, I'm familiar with, you know, in Philippine cuisine mm-hmm. to modern food now, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, like, I introduce my chicken adobo in a different form um, that's not as traditional, but still with the same ingredients. Mm-hmm. So soy sauce, vinegar, bay leaf, you know, and tender chicken. Um, but in the presenting it in a way where... I could add my creativity to it and present it to people and be like, look, this is, you know, I'm Filipino and this is my, you know, this is my dish for you. This is, you know? this, this is, and I think you have a saying or something like you want people to come when they come to the restaurant, you want when they come to your home to feel like they're in their home. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And I think that's kind of, that's the one thing that I miss with some of the, you know, the newer types of restaurants. You know how, coming from the tech world that you come from, you know, that you know, like you go to these new restaurants and everything is extremely techy look, you know, it's sterile. Um, <laughs> yeah. You look behind the counter, wherever, who's taking orders is. Everything's all, you know, state of the art. The kitchen looks state of the art. And you kind of lose that whole warm feeling of when you come in and yeah. and somebody who's greeting you is like, oh, that could be my aunt or that could be, you know, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that type of thing, you know, and like and really talks to you. To, so that they kind of know what to recommend to you. You know what I mean? I always think yeah. a host should have a conversation with the patron so that they can sit there and go, you know, honey, I'm going to tell you what you need because I can tell the kind of person you are. This is what's going yeah, yeah. This is This is what your palate needs right here. You know, item number seven, whatever. You know what I mean? <laughs> but they don't do that anymore. People working in the in the restaurant have no idea what the food is all about. You know what I mean? Yeah. And you sound yeah. like, your restaurant sounds like, exactly, I'm going to come in and I'm going to be talking to my grandma or something in there. She's going to show me what I need to eat. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I definitely love, you know, giving the warm felt um, welcoming, you know. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, you know, coming into my restaurant is, it's definitely like coming into my home and, you know, I don't have the edgy feel like in a tech restaurant or, you know, you won't expect something like too intricate where you're just like, you know, get this, this and this, you know, yeah. like, I want you to understand what you're eating, I want you to feel good and, you know, understand that Filipino cuisine is more than just, you know, um, an Asian, um, an Asian dish, you know, mm-hmm. it's, it's warm out. It's it's home cooking and and soul, as you said. You know, there's a lot to it. Well, all that you've been doing over the last few years, because I know that you started a, a pop up uh, a few years ago, like t- 2012, yeah. before you opened the like a year before you opened your restaurant. And yes. and that has now all led up, and you've done tons of other things, you know, festivals. You you've been around, girl. You've been you've been you've been <laughs> cooking for the masses, and and we've been enjoying it. I mean, is the re, is the reality of it is, but that has led up to what's coming up for you on December twentieth is your 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 presence on Food Network's Chopped, which is a very yeah. popular. I didn't realize it was in its thirty first season. I didn't know it was been going on that long, but yeah, you you are that you know. But I, cause you went in January, I guess, to tape the show. So it's, you've been holding on to this for this this news for like a whole year. Yeah, it's definitely <laughs> been challenging. But I was like, girl, that's like holding water. How could you? Like that's a long time to keep this a major, major secret. But my question is, out of all the ones that are out there, because there's tons of of food competition shows. There's tons of, yeah. like I said before, I think food is sexy. I think it mm-hmm. is fun. And I think that's what, that's why they're successful on the air. It's just like, 
I don't care what cuisine it is. They're just successful. And yeah. But why Chopped as opposed to any of the other ones that are out there that you could have chosen to audition for or to be a part of? That's a good question. And what's funny is that I wasn't, I've never really pushed myself to wanting to be on Chopped because it's very prestigious. Mm-hmm. You know, I constantly would watch it and I'm like, oh, I could do it. But they seem very like, you know, it's, I mean, it's a legit game. You know, I didn't, honestly, <laughs> I'm, I'm an easy-going person, and I'm, I didn't think I was going to participate in something like that. But why not? You mm-hmm. know? Um, when they did call me, I was, it was one of those like, well, why not? You know, right. another opportunity to take myself to another level, you know? Well, this is um, what's so fun is because the Bay Area is known, and, and I know particularly San Francisco, known for, you know, we've had several chefs that have gone on different, um, you know, food food shows, you know, to compete. Yeah. And, you know, I just think it's wonderful because I personally think that Oakland is definitely coming into such a, a I don't know, a, a renaissance of all, I, I've been using that word a lot lately, mm-hmm. but um, but of, of, of so many things culturally, you know, food, activities, yeah. Uh, you know, we're finally getting the, they're finally getting the recognition of its true diversity. It's not just a um, minority community city. You know what I mean? It's just yeah. not this urban type of idea when you know we're using urban and not a positive word. You know what I'm saying? So many times when people yeah. use that word for Oakland, it's not meant in a positive way. But I think it is definitely a positive environment and you know so many things are are are, propping, are cropping up for the lgbtq community and you know to have someone who has you know um, definitely provided your your talents and service for a lot of things that we do um and um to be out on this show from oakland i'm just excited about yeah. that i just think it's wonderful to 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 show that there is great quality food and great quality restaurants in oakland that even here in san francisco we can venture to you know what i mean to go across yeah. that bridge and say i'm gonna i'm gonna go to chef charlene tonight that's what i'm going to. i'm gonna catch bart <laughs> and just going over and um right. and do that yeah i mean you know, Oakland has always definitely been a very diverse and cultural city. And, you know, there's a lot of changes going on as far as um, the city changing. Mm-hmm. You know, there's new people that are, that are trying to take over. And I came into the food game um, knowing that. Like, mm-hmm. I already sensed the changes. And, you know, I wanted to preserve that. You know, in Oakland, there used to be... Back in the day, um, there used to be a point where there was a little Filipino town, like different businesses mm-hmm, that mm-hmm. existed. And, you know, as time progressed, some of them, they, I mean, they eventually, you know, shut down and, you know. Probably got priced out like everybody else, you know, get priced yeah. out of the game. Uh, it's hard for the mom and pops to, to keep things open, you know. And I think that's why it's even more important that you kind of have that home welcoming environment to your restaurant because it's hard to find that like we were talking earlier you know yeah you know definitely challenging and um yeah i wanted to put my footprint in and you know claim my space and you know um be be able to introduce my culture through food and what i love to do yeah um, it all tied in right and it couldn't be more than a a great time than now you know i feel like 
Well, well, we're going to take a point. Well, I don't mean to cut you off, um, Chef Shalene, but we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, I want to go more about, um, I know you can't say a lot, a whole lot about the show, but I want to least talk about what you're going to bring, what you brought to the, to the table and, and, and why you think you were chosen to do this. Okay. We'll be right back with Chef Charlene, who will be on Chopped on the Food Network this coming week. We'll be right back. listening to the progressive voices channel on tune in please help us grow tell your friends to tune in to progressive voices find out more at progressivevoices.com this is a true story about two best friends who fell in love and moved across the country to the city by the bay after many years of dating jen and jacqueline are now planning their dream wedding it's a big moment in everyone's life when you say i do especially when you can make choices for your authentic life and your loved ones too. Congratulations, Jen and Jacqueline. Live your authentic life. A special message brought to you by Weatherford BMW. Okay. Hello, everybody. We're back to It's Everything here. I'm your hostess, B.B. Sweetbriar. Of course, we are the Sunday, weekly Sunday segment of the Michelle Meow Show here on Progressive Voices. And um, I am just having a ball with the guests that we have today. And I'm currently speaking uh, with the head chef and partner of uh, a Philippine cuisine restaurant in Oakland, California called Kind Begon. And um, what's so wonderful is that this celebrity chef is going to be even a bigger celebrity chef as she makes her way on to Food Network's Chopped next week. And I have Chef Charlene with me. Um, I think this is just so... Because uh, the show, what I like about Chopped versus some of the others, is that where you have what your, your series of of chefs and then they're on for the whole season or, you know, what have you, uh, chopped, you're there for an episode. Is that correct? And then there, then the next episode comes on, there's a whole different crop of people. You're there for that one episode. Yeah. It's basically an episode. And I like that because to me, that means we get introduced to more people who cook, you know what I mean? Who, who make food. (laughs) And that's what I'm all into. Like, I want to know all the people out there who can make my, you know, wet my get my palate taken care of and my belly full that's what i want to know and and that's what so you kind of hit it and quit it and you get in there but for you as a contestant it's short Mm -hmm. it can you really got to be on your game it ain't no time where i can make up for my mistake next time you know they'll let me oh yeah -uh. so because how does it work you get to do on on your episode your episode's kind of neat because it's a new year's um bash type of thing so it's kind of seasonal right now it makes sense for everybody to kind of watch this, not not just only because you're on the show, because that's why we're watching it for sure, yeah. but also because <laughs> it is kind of seasonal for us. Like we can take some of this stuff and put it to use for what we have coming up in the next couple of weeks, really. Mm-hmm. You know? Um, yeah, it's a legit game. I mean, uh, you know, the basically the, the 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 way it works is, you know, you have your contestants and you get mystery baskets for mm-hmm. three rounds. And once you open those baskets, there's um, ingredients that, you know, none of the chefs know, but then you have to create, you know, in the first round an appetizer, the second is an entree, and the third is a dessert. And as each of the chefs go through 
each round, um, a chef gets eliminated each mm-hmm. round to the, to the end. Um, but yeah, it's, you know, well, I think you, based on what we just talked about earlier, when you said that when you were in high school and you would go over to your friend's home and you were the one who had to go raid the refrigerator and decide to make up some stuff for people, which means that you probably can do some mean things with peanut butter. I could just imagine. <laughs> but to me, that kind of isn't an advantage for you because you're probably used to kind of like, let's see what we got up in here. And just yeah. and put it because that's kind of what you're doing. It's like you open this basket and say, "Let me see what we got up up in here, and what can I, you know, create." I think that's kind of don't you think? I think you kind of went in there with some advantage. Yeah, I did. With the mind, you really have to have the mindset of like, hey, you know, a surprise is a wonderful thing, is what you, I think. Yeah. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> it's like you know, because and you and you sound so creative um, that it, I would I know as a creative person myself, sometimes my best creations on whatever I'm doing, either songwriting or you know designing or whatever, comes out of stuff that I had no idea was going to be put before me. You know what I mean? Yep. <laughs> the unexpected has turned into something great. And um, so do you work really well? Does this require you, this show require for you to work well under pressure? Because you must have a, a time limit to come up with all this stuff. Even though I know they tape it and edit it and all that kind of stuff. But they still have to have a time limit, I'm sure. Yeah. I mean, like I said, the game is legit. And, you know, each each round, I think the appetizers 20 minutes. And then each round after that is 30 minutes from Mm -hmm. the entree and dessert. And just the time itself is is pressure, you Mm -hmm. know. And, you know, it's it's not easy. I'll tell you that. Um, But it is exciting, you know. Yeah. Um, Now, you're 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 on the show um, um, before with how many other contestants? Um, four of us total. Four of you total, and then it breaks it down to the final two. I uh, and then um, now you can win some money on this thing, correct? This ain't all for yeah, good looks and a, good promotion. Yeah. This is for some cash. How much cash? <laughs> <laughs> how much cash can be put in your pocket? Uh, for the winner, it would be ten thousand dollars. Oh, that's what I'm talking about. See, my producer Kenny in here is like he's nodding his head, and um, and yeah, I'm th- that's what I'm talking about. See, this is like this is this is even better than poetry jam. See, that's what I'm saying. This is, you can get ten thousand dollars. That is, I'm just so I can't wait. Now you guys are going to do something really special. You're actually going to have a viewing party um, in Oakland um, for um, the show to come on. Now, does it come? I know on Eastern time it says 10 p.m. Now, does it come on at that time on, in the on the West Coast as well? I believe so. It's, okay. it's, it's not necessarily live, but I guess that's when they stream it. So yeah. It's the same, I guess, on the East Coast, I believe, and West Coast. Okay. There, it was confusing a bit. They were like, oh, no, it's 7, because if it's East Coast, 10, you know, but right. I believe it's at 10 p.m. Okay. Um, best to just check. I mean, it's on the... Um, the website right now, and you could even check your local um, cable listing, and they'll have it already scheduled right now. And the viewing is going to be at Somar Bar in Oakland. Yeah, Somar oh. Bar. We're going to um, head out there and, you know, um, gather together and, and watch it. And that's on Tuesday, 1220, uh, 10 p.m. And like I said, this is the 31st season of this this, this show, and this is episode yeah. 20. So even if you're going to go check your your direct TV listing and, and various other places where the Food Network is run. 
Um, you definitely want to make sure it's uh, season 31 and episode 20 because sometimes I know when I've looked at it on the same day, they might run some old episodes at different times, you know, like the rerun, some of them on, yeah. on those shows. So make sure you get season 31, episode 20, and it should say New Year's Bash, I think, as far yeah. as the episode title on there. Well, I just know that whatever the outcome of the episode is for you, that you probably had a tremendous amount of, of fun. And and I can only, because, I, I, you know, I don't know you personally, but I can tell that, you know, this is a this is not only your career, but this is a fun thing for you. And I can't oh, imagine yeah. you not having a ball, just, just whipping up some good stuff. Yeah, it was, it was definitely an experience. And, um, you know, there's, there's a lot more ahead. So I'm excited for you know, after, after that. Now coming up to you, you also have some things where you are going to be partake, uh, partaking in a couple of festivals, both in San Francisco and in Oakland, if I'm not mistaken. I know there's the, um, the lucky, what's it called? The, was the festival, the lucky, um, I participated in lucky rice. Yes. Yeah. Okay. And uh, yearly. And then what about the, um, uh, the Philippine Food Festival, Festival. you do that in Oakland as well, right? Yeah, there was one recently in October. It was called um, Savor Filipino. Mm-hmm. It was produced um, by the Filipino Food Movement. And basically they brought in about 20 chefs and we had, there was like different um, tasting tables. And each of the chefs would um, introduce a dish and provide it um, to all the guests. So it was a great eating fest of all Filipino um, dishes. Oh wow! I need to see. I need to. I need to keep my my pulse to the <laughs> uh, food grindstone more because I could be a definitely a great food tester. I'm right. good at that. Okay. I'm really good at that, Charlotte. So if you need someone to come in, you know what I mean, and just to test <laughs> yeah. stuff out. Make sure you just give me a, you know, give me a jingle and I'll, I'll be, I'll come a running. Okay. <laughs> okay. I will need menu testers. So I'm working on my second restaurant and right now I'm still developing that menu. Oh, well, hey. Definitely want to have like a tasting night or something. Well, what kind of, what, what kind of cuisine will your new restaurant be? Um, it's also going to be Filipino influenced. Um, I'm in the process of still um, curating it mm-hmm. and um, I haven't done any major testing yet but as as the time progresses um you know i'll definitely consider a nice group of, of people to do something well patient. thank you because i would definitely and i gave you a little bit of history i, I i'm a, i'm a little you know i know kind of <laughs> what to expect so um well i really am looking forward to watching the show and looking at you represent and and being on the air um and, uh, you know, and, the, and good luck. I, you know, like I said, I know you can't talk about what's, what's going to actually happen on the show, but, you know, I'm sure you've got a billion people rooting for you. And um, I think everyone's just excited for you. Word. Thank you. <laughs> you know, and um, again, it's going to be on December 20th. It's the Food Network's Chopped episode 
20 of season 31. Um, you should be able to see the listing on any of the cable or direct TV where Food Network is. It comes on at 10 p.m. Um, mm-hmm. And um, they were going to be doing a viewing party here in Oakland, California at Somar Bar. And I'm Charlene, uh, Chef Charlene will be there and all of her friends and rooters. So definitely join if you can. Um, and, you know, stay in tune with um, uh, Kind Began uh, Restaurant, Began Restaurant, Philippine Cuisine Restaurant there in Oakland as well. It's on 14th Avenue, right? Correct. 14th okay. Avenue. Yep. There you go. Well, thanks again, Charlene. And I want to thank all of you you. out there for listening in on us. And thanks, Michael Phyllis, for being on the show with Baloney. Um, And, you know, it's time for us to say goodbye so I can go shopping for Christmas because that is next Sunday. So I need to go and get my stuff. Um, But before we go, you know, there is not a holiday. There's not a holiday out there unless Lady Bunny is out there in the world creating some some parody for us to enjoy over the season. And, of course, you all know, if you follow Lady Bunny on any of her social media, you know she has been totally on this whole uh, President-elect Donald Trump thing. And, and her, um, along with the Facebook sensation Burl Mendelbaum, have put together a wonderful video on YouTube um, uh, a parody, or a, I don't know if it's even a parody called, but definitely a story um, about our our president-elect, a set to the story of Twas the Night Before Christmas. This is called Twas the Night Before Trumpimus. So we're going to leave you here on It's Everything with Lady Bunny in Twas the Night Before Trumpimus. You can see, or you can see that on YouTube right now. But here it is, Lady Bunny. And to you all, I'll see you next week. Bye-bye. "'Twas the night before Christmas, and the Trumps were all sleeping, except for the Donald, who was too busy tweeting. The stockings were hung, all designed by Ivanka, and made by the children who live in Sri Lanka. Little Baron and brothers, all snug in their beds, dreaming of the day when their old man drops dead, and Melania, Former model, now jewelry designer, was hiding the Viagra in a vase of fine china. When down in the kitchen there arose such a clatter, was it Chris Christie drinking more pancake batter? Down to the stairs Donald waddled intently. Could it be Mexicans stealing the Bentley? Or maybe it's Muslims or blacks or the Jews. Should he call the Klan? They'd know just what to do. A total disaster, he said, dialing his phone. It's 3 a.m. I sure hope Hillary's home. Then he looked out the window to a sound coming near, and it wasn't the usual boos and bronch cheers. When what to his white-circled eyes did appear, but a foreign-made sleigh and eight illegal reindeer. And who was that pulling the reins to his chest? Some white-bearded senior too fat for his vest. He looked like he'd flunk a cholesterol test. One thing is certain, they're not sending their best. Without proper visas, his horned mules they came, as he whistled and called them by Latino-type names. On Paco, on Pablo, these names sounded awful. On Jorge, on Pepe, on red-nosed Rudolfo. Dash over that porch and that 50-foot wall. Dash over it, rapists and drug dealers all. 
Like thieves in the night, or that new Zika virus, this terrorist smuggler's sled flew right by us, straight up to the roof with his bad ombre crew, with toys made in places that steal jobs from you. Without going through customs or terrorist watch lists, they started unpacking some cheap Chinese watches. On closer inspection, this old man was a fright, like Rosie O'Donnell if her beard were white. Into the chimney this goblin did scoot, and in the blink of an eye was unpacking his loot. Pence, Giuliani, the Donald did scream. He even called for Chris Christie, the eating machine. This fat red-cheeked man's piling stuff on my shelf, made by foreigners who the press will call elves. The obese man in red just let out a laugh and kept pulling gifts right out of his sack. For little Don Jr., a dead baby seal. A design for Ivanka so she won't have to steal. But let's not forget number one on his list, some tiny little gloves for Donald's tiny little fists. And while this fat freak was unpacking his box, Melania walked in, eyes squinting from Botox, but even with her face frozen from injections, immediately she could see the connection. Donald, these labels, Melania yelled as she gracefully turned over a jacket lapel. It's all our Trump brand, so let's stop all this foolery. Santa's delivering Trump clothing and jewelry. With that, all the Trumps went off back to their beds, not a touch of the irony filling their heads. And jolly old Santa climbed back up on the eaves and flew off in his sled just as quick as you please. But you could hear Santa call as he passed out of view. Merry Christmas, America. The joke is on you.